The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Colossians chapter 1. Um, today we're going to be reading verse 1 to 29. We are reading from the New Living Translation. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 1 to 29. I think, yeah, 29. It says, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. We are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. Amen. We always pray for you and we thank God and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have, you have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant and is helping us on your behalf. Verse 8, he has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given to you. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Verse 11, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before everything was created. He is supreme over all creation, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. 
Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before everything else. It, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. Is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by the means of Christ's blood on the cross. Verse 21. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now, he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world. And I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. I am glad when I suffer for you in my body. For I am participating in the suffering of Christ. And that continue for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ, Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom God has given us. He wants to present, we want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship with Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. May the Lord bless the reading and the understanding of his words in Jesus' name. As it is said, one thing that immediately jumps at us, in fact, chapter 1, we can preach a whole series on chapter 1. In fact, a whole three-month series on chapter 1. Why? Because the Word of God is so beautiful and so rich and so amazing. One of the first things that jumps at, at us is in verse 6, and, and, and that is, it says, this same good news, this same gospel that came to you, is going out to all the world, and it is bearing fruit everywhere by, by what? Changing lives. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard. Being a Christian is all about life change. The word of God has come to us to change our lives. If who you are, who you were, before you met Christ, 
doesn't change after you met Christ. It's questionable if you've really met Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. In fact, one of the power of the gospel is the things I used to do. You know that song? I do them no more. The, the, the places I used to go. The clothes I used to wear. Mini. There's a great change since I'm born again. The friends I used to keep. The fights I used to fight. The things I used to steal. There's a great change since. You see, and that change is, 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 is the power of the gospel. It is the power of the gospel. By the grace of God, um, um, Gospel House, South Africa, we have Gospel House, South Africa, I'm sure you are aware of that. And I had a video conference with them a few days ago, and they are doing so well. People are getting saved. People's lives are changing. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. And, and I'm reading this, and I'm like, the same gospel is being preached everywhere in the world, changing lives. The same word of God. Now, let me just backtrack a little and do some um, um, theological justice to this uh, book, you know. Um, the book of Colossians was written by Paul, I, I'm sure you are aware, but maybe not directly by him. Um, maybe Timothy was writing it, but it was mainly Paul's idea. So, but Paul shared credit with Timothy and said that, you know, we, I'm, I'm writing this with, with my, my brother um, Timothy, and, and we are writing this to you. But the book is, is largely credited to Paul. But Paul was not the pastor of the church in Colossae. The, the pastor was who? We read it. Epaphras, right? So Epaphras founded the church and started the church and pastored the church. But Paul felt res- as an apostle, he felt responsible for the region. In fact, Paul felt responsible for preaching to the world. So it was, it was Epaphras had a challenge at the time. Because the church in Colossae uh, was beginning to embrace some philosophies. Philosophies that not necessarily telling them to deny Christ, which is why it is so dangerous and we struggle with that in this our time also. It's, it's philosophy that is not saying deny Christ, but philosophy that is saying Jesus is not enough. Not directly, but it's saying you, Jesus and good works. Jesus and oblations and sacrifices. Jesus and prophets. Jesus and, you know, so, and, and, and Epaphras struggled, you know, with this as a pastor. And, you know, I can understand his plight. And so he needed, uh, every, every parent must understand this principle. It's called the principle of borrowed voices. Everybody say principle of borrowed voices. Particularly as your children become teenagers. So the Colossian church, as it were, had become te- teenagers 
they become a they become teenagers in, in the faith. They, 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 they are exploring and, and, and testing things that God has not sent them to test. And Epaphras needed a borrowed voice. Every parent, you see, which is why you have to exist in community. Yes, your children love you. Yes, you are um, a great person. But every parent needs a borrowed voice. Somebody uh, that will come from outside and will tell the children, no, you know, this is how you should do it. And the children will now say, you know, sometimes they listen to outsiders that they listen to their parents. And, you know, they now say that, oh, okay. And, you know, something happened and the, the child comes home and says to his dad, you know, dad, you know, something happened today. That your friend, um, doctor, whatever you, or Mr. So-and-so, or Tinuke's dad told me that I should not be dropping my, my, um, my pants, um, sagging my pants, you know. Okay, you know, trousers in this part of the world. Pants in <laughs> some part of the world. It's, it's trousers they call pants. Don't mind them. Trousers, you know. Dropping my trousers, sagging my trousers and, and showing my boxers, you know. So I'm, I'm going to start pulling up my trousers. And, and the father is like, but I've been telling you that all along. That was the challenge that Parfas had. He needed a borrowed voice. Somebody with, with credibility. Somebody with, with, with depth. Somebody that can come alongside him and say to his children, you don't be given to philosophy. And if you're a parent here, you better have good friends. Because your children will not only ignore what you say, they will copy what your friends do. They will copy what your friends do. Because your children will get to a point in their their lives. Yes, they love you. Yes, you are their parents. But guess what? Other adults have more influence over them. You had better be wise enough to partner with strategic people and bring those people into their lives deliberately. Praise the name of the Lord. So Paul was coming here and Paul was saying... You have to do this, and you have to do that. And guess what? Of course, the church in Colossae was like, wow, the Apostle Paul, we are behind about because they've never met him. He wrote us a letter. Wow. And their lives changed. Praise the name of the Lord. Of course, as a pastor, I have borrowed voices. I'm sure you know that. They come in here time and time again. I tell you things I've told you all along. And people come to me and say, oh, Pastor, oh, when uh, Dr. Kelly came, he said that I, if a man is in Christ, he's a new creature. So I have to let the old things go. I'm like, have you said the same thing? But, but I'm happy. But at least you've heard it. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. You know, so, and, and we have to be, time is flying. I need to go. We have to be deliberate about these things. So the, 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 the lie for the, the church in, Coloss- in Colossae was that Jesus plus something. But the summary of what Paul was saying to them is that Jesus plus nothing. The world was saying Jesus plus something. Paul came and influenced them and said, Jesus plus nothing. 
And he gave them an equation. And he said, this is my, my own way of, I, I see equations in scriptures. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Praise the name of the Lord. Paul was saying to them that you, Jesus is enough by himself, by himself. If Jesus is enough, praise the Lord. Verse 4 says, For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for God's people. Now, that is so profound. When I, when I saw that, I paused and I can see that thread consistently in Scripture. We've seen your, your faith in Christ and, everybody say and, and your love to God's people. It, 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 it's impossible to love Jesus and aid the church. It's impossible to love, to love Jesus and hate his people. It's impossible to love, to love God and hate God's people. Guess what? God's people are not perfect. But guess what? If you love God, you will love his people. Just like if you're a mother here and somebody says he loves you and hates your children. You know your children are not perfect. But can, is that possible? You will tell the person, I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg. Carry your load and, and go. And same thing, you know, I read things you know, and, I, and I, I hear things and it amazes me. People say, oh, I've, I've read about Jesus. I think Jesus is a good guy, but you Christians, you know, I don't, I, you Christians, I, I really don't like Christians. And I smile. You know why I smile? It's simple. I love them, you know, but I just smile. The reason I smile is because they don't know Jesus. Because if you know him and you love him, you will love me. If you hate me, Proof you don't know Jesus. Because I'm his boy. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> because I'm his boy. And that's how it is. And that's how it is in scripture. So, so I, 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 I respect um, Mahatma Gandhi. A great guy. Did a lot of good, good things. Indian um, philosopher. And you know, it's, it's been around for a while, a long time. And, and, and he made a statement. He says that, I, 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 I like Christ, but I don't like these Christians. And he, he, he apparently had good reason for saying that. Why? Because, you know, sometimes we Christians, we behave badly. We, we behave very badly. We, we, give, we, we, we give Jesus a bad name. So this was somebody that obviously didn't know God. Says, oh, well... Christ is okay, but Christians are. And he was sharing one of his experiences. He was in South Africa with a, with a reverend. And as they were going, some thugs came and were, the thugs were coming in, in the opposite direction. Of course, to, to, to harass them. And he says the reverend evaluated the situation and wanted to run away. And Gandhi said, no. Didn't Jesus say, if they slap you, you should turn the other cheek? And the reverend said, ah, oh boy. <laughs> As if, but now I can run. I can talk to my legs. But what Gandhi was saying, in essence, is 
You need to withstand evil. Jesus withstood evil. That's what killed him. That's what cost him his life. And if you are his follower and you are running, you are timid, you are Jesus' follower, you are afraid of demons, something is wrong with you. And Gadi is saying, I can't understand these Christians. And he has a valid reason. But you see, if he came in contact with God, and he, he knew God, and he came in fellowship with God, like the church in, in Colossae did, the love of God will be shared abroad his heart. The love for God will mean the love for his people. Praise the name of the Lord. Why? Because Christ is the head of the church. Verse 18 says, and the church is his body. We are his body. I, you can't say that I like your head, but I don't like your legs. It's like, it's the same person. And the church is the bride of Christ. You can't say, I, I, I love you, but I don't like your wife. In fact, if you don't like my wife, you can't be my friend. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, you can't. So I check people that don't like my wife. I run away from them. <laughs> you want us to be friends? Like my wife. Love my wife. Then we have, we have be good friends. Something is wrong with men that are so at peace with people and other women that don't like your wife. Something is wrong with that. Okay, let me go on now. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> now, and, and it goes on to say that for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for God's people which comes from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. I have a lot to say about that, but, but I'll go on. But basically what I was just saying is that, you know, this your faith is, and your love for God's people is based on, on your hope of eternity. And that's all that makes a difference with us as believers. The reason, you see, this earth is frail. This earth is fragile. If you just watch what is going on in the news, anything can happen at any time. People are amassing weapons of mass destruction. Russia is calling everybody's bluff. Do you think the guy is a fool? China is not saying anything. Do you think they are fools? Iran is building nuclear weapon. Everybody is getting ready for something. And if you check, like I've said before, if you check the history of man, you even need to be a historian. Just check. There's no weapon man has made that man has not used. From Cain and Abel, there's no weapon that man has made that he hasn't used. So that nuclear warfare will not happen. It's a function of time. But we as Christians, we are not without hope. Praise the name of the Lord. We have an You see, if this world was all that we, we are living for. Like Paul says, we have all men most miserable. We have a confident hope in eternity. 
We have a confident hope in our God that lives in eternity and lives forever and loves us and will care for us and cares for us. So, but as we go on, you will see the prayer of Paul for the people of Colossians. And it's amazing. That, that same prayer that we read in verse, from verse 9 to verse 12. Paul was praying for the church in Colossae. And, and Paul was not praying for breakthrough. Paul was not praying for, for, for deliverance. Is breakthrough relevant? As long as we are on this earth, I'm sure it will be. Is deliverance relevant? As, as long as we are on this earth, I'm sure it will be. But Paul was praying. It's as if Paul is saying, if only you will know God. If only you will know his will. If only the eyes of your understanding will be opened. It's as if God is, Paul is saying that all these things will be, will, will, will be nothing to you. Nothing will mean you will not lack anything. Jesus was saying in another way in Matthew 6.33. He says, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he says, all these things that the Gentiles seek will be what? Added to you. So Paul was not praying, oh Lord, give them a breakthrough. Oh Lord, give them... No, 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 no. Paul was saying... Father, that, that, that you will open the eyes of their understanding. That they will be able to walk honorably and please you. That their lives will produce fruit as they grow. That you will strengthen them with your glorious power. And, and, and on and on and on. And I want to encourage you, if you will, if you will, this week, every day, Colossians 1, 9-12, pray for yourself. I will be praying for you by the grace of God. This scripture, I'll be praying for you every day this week. But pray for yourself that God will open the eyes of my understanding. That God will, 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 make, me, will, will make me worthy of, of, of him unto all pleasing. Pray for yourself. As we go from there, like I said, chapter 1 is totally loaded. Chapter 2, as we will see next week, is, if chapter 1 is loaded, yeah, chapter 2 is super loaded. You know, the, the word of God is just amazing. But you may be here and, and feeling confused about your stand with God. Colossians has a word for you. That is the book. And God has a word for you through this book. In verse 20, now listen to this, it's amazing. Verse 20, the, the word of God says that through Christ, through him, God reconciled. I better reconciled. God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by the means of Christ's blood on the cross. God made peace with everything. Everybody everything. Everything in heaven and on earth by reason of Christ's blood on the cross. He made peace. So God is not angry. 
It's not, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's anger has been satisfied. Praise the name of the Lord. So we should stop walking around thinking that God is some angry guy that's just waiting for you to mess up and kick your butt, you know. No. His anger has been fulfilled. President of the Lord. I mean, for me, I just say, ah, you know, that's just so relieving. His anger is fulfilled. And, you know, if, if you read on in verse 21, from 20, I'll read 20 again and I'll go, I'll go straight to 21. It says, through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood. And verse 21 started by saying, and this includes you. Whoa. Good place to clap if you want to clap for Jesus. Wow. Praise the name of God. Now, and this includes you. I, when I read it, I'm like, you know, we made peace with everything. You know, sometimes God is amazing. God knows that if, if he didn't say this, we have a way of excluding ourselves from good things. You know, he says, even though he has said everything, that should, we should know that it includes us. But sometimes we have a way of saying, well, yeah, maybe with nature, maybe with... <clears throat> But the word of God says, and this includes you. So please turn to your neighbor. Tell, tell the person, this includes you. Tell them, God has made peace with you. God has made peace with you. He has made peace with it. So, so, so the question is, so, so, so pastor, so how come some people are, are not saved? How come some people... You know, if they die in, in the state they're in, they're going to hell. If God has made peace with everything. The answer to that is straightforward. The answer is, 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 is like God says, I have set a table for everybody to come and eat. Everybody can come. And some people say, no, we want to stay hungry. Does that mean God has not provided for everybody? And some, some of us go to the table and, and, and we eat. Some people eat three people's portion. And it's still abundant. President of So the key thing would be, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Because he made peace through the cross of Jesus. God made peace through the cross. So we have to come through what? Is this song that, that, that we sing? I'm sure you know. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood, in the blood, in the soul? Cleansing blood of the land. I am God. 
Have you come to the cross? And verse 21 says, and this includes you who were once far away from God, who were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. So what separates us from God? Our evil thoughts and our words and our actions. He says, yet now, he has when. Now, he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. He has brought you where? Into his own presence. And you are holy. Everybody say, I am holy. Some people can't even say they struggle with that. Say, I am holy. I am holy. Some people still didn't say it. You know, as a pastor, I can say everybody. You are struggling with it. Okay, maybe you are not, but you will be today. In Jesus' name. I am holy. You are holy and blameless. As you stand before him now, this is what blew me away, without a single fault. Whoa! Now, but my mind is saying to me, but Femi, see who you used to be. See what you have done. See, you're a bad guy. You've done this. You've done that. And, and, but the word of God is saying to me, I stand before God blameless without a single fault. Praise the name of the Lord. I stand blameless. I stand blameless. Some of us are comfortable by saying we have a few faults. But God is saying you have no fault. God is looking at you and you are faultless. Why? Because he's not looking at you. He's looking through the cross of Calvary. And he's seeing Jesus. Blameless sacrifice for you and I. Praise the name of the Lord. Colossians. Paul was saying. Guys, when you come to God, you are faultless before him. So it, it cannot be because of what I can do or what I can't do that determines my standing with God. It cannot be. It cannot be. Praise the name of the Lord. And, and if, you, if you see how verse 13 puts it, Paul puts it in verse 13. He says, for he, God, has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and has transferred us. Ask your neighbor, have you been transferred? 
and has transferred us into the kingdom of light of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah to Jesus. We have been transferred. Now, when, let's say you used to be in Abuja and they transfer you to Lagos. Then, let's say, um, God forbid, there's a crisis in Abuja and they are looking for you to destroy you in Abuja. Will they find you? Why? I've been transferred. <laughs> I have been transferred. You see, listen, listen, listen. I'm not being triumphant as a child of God. It has nothing to do with pride. No demon can harass me. None. You know why? I've been transferred. I've been transferred. I used to be under the powers of darkness. I used to be under the influence of I, I knew. I knew when they could harass me. Oh, they were harassing me. And they did a good job. But you see, I also knew when the, the tide turned. I knew when the power changed hands. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. And, and that is what Paul was saying to the church in Colossians that, guys, listen, you are being transferred. You are not under the influence of Satan any longer. Which is why, you know, when, when people say, okay, um, 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 Christians that continue in sin, Christians that continue in sin is a misnomer. You know why? It's just, it's just Christians that don't know who they are. Christians have been transferred to Lagos. But keep going to Abuja by night bus. Something is wrong with that. President of all. And it's all understanding. Sometimes people just don't know. People just don't know. You mean I can be free from oppression? Yes, you can. You mean I can be free from the powers of the kingdom of darkness? Yes, you can. And the kingdom of darkness means all the thrones. Ha. Ah. All the powers, all the principalities, all of them. No influence over you anymore. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. For one reason. And what's the reason? I've been transferred. <laughs> Amen. And, and that's the beauty of grace. That's just the beauty of grace. That, that is grace. Right there, that is grace. And that's the gospel. Right there, that's the gospel. And that's the beauty. So grace is freedom from sin. Freedom from sin. Grace is not license to sin. Grace is what? Freedom from sin, not license to sin. 
If you don't understand grace, you think grace is license to sin. You think, oh, grace means I can sin, then I will come back and the blood of Jesus. That's what Paul was saying to the, Rom- to the Romans. He says, should, I, should we continue in sin that grace should abound? God forbid. In other words, in other words, that is not what grace is about. Grace has set you free from sin. And grace will keep you. Praise the name of the Lord. So, in verse 23, Paul was saying, but you must continue to believe. You must what? Continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. Don't drift away. So, it's possible to drift away. I was speaking to someone last week and the person was telling me how she, she for all her, well, all her Christian life until, until recently, she really didn't understand grace. She really didn't understand that God accepts her. She, she thought she, she needed to do something and do more things and do more things. So, of course, she was driving herself crazy. Then, then I said to her that, well, that's just the word of God. And by the grace of God, you, you know, when I gave my life to Jesus, I just accepted that. And with everything with God, you just believe it. If it is preached and you don't believe it, you can't receive it. But it has to be preached. You have to believe it, then you receive it. That's how the kingdom works. Salvation, it has to be preached. There can be no salvation without the preacher. It has to be preached. You have to believe it, then you are saved. Healing, same thing. It has to be preached. You have to believe it, then you are healed. Prosperity, promotion, same thing. It has to be preached. You have to believe it, then you prosper. Holiness, same thing. It has to be preached. You have to believe it. Not because that's when God is doing his work. God has done it, but that's when you enter into it. Same thing with your work with Christ. It has to be preached. You have to believe it. So the, the, the reason why the church, capital letter C church, is, is, is suffering their work with Christ because it's not being preached. So people are not believing it. So people are not working in it. It has to be preached. So I, I said to, to her that almost immediately I gave my life to Jesus. I came in contact with 2 Corinthians 5.17. If a man is in Christ, is a new creature. All things are what? All things are. And I said to her, for some reason, I believed it. For some strange reason, I just believed it. And guess what? My life changed. I mean, it was drastic. If you knew me before I gave my life to Jesus, it was total change. And it did not happen in three years. It was almost instantaneous. Why? Because I believed it. Because I believe it. For some people, they will say that my left leg will get born again today. It will change. Then, to, then give me some time. Pastor, give me some time. God is still working on me. He's not done with me. After three years, then my right leg will get saved. Then, then give me some time, Pastor. The grace is sufficient. The grace is sufficient. After four years, then my right 
and we get. If a man is in, is a what? All things are, all things are become, to say to your neighbor, don't drift. Jesus is all, don't drift. Don't drift. I know there are things you are trusting God for. I know there are things you are believing God for. I know there are things that are shaking your face right now. But you see, God is saying to you, don't drift. Don't drift. The question they were working with, and Paul was saying to them that Jesus plus something equals what? Nothing. Jesus plus something. It was nothing. But Paul says, I've, I've brought another equation to you. Jesus plus nothing equals what? Everything. Equals everything. And he goes on to talk about the supremacy of Christ. I'll read through from verse 15. He says, Christ, the visible image, of the invisible God existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Christ. For through him, God created everything in heaven and on earth, such as what? Thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before everything. He holds everything together. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Is the express image of the invisible God. An image is a mirror. Is, is, a, is like, a, like the mirror gives an image, right? So in, in other words, if God stands in front of the mirror, what we show? Jesus. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus. Verse 19 says, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Think about that for a minute. God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. It pleased God to live in Christ. He chose to. And verse 27 says, And this is the secret. Now, the fullness of God lives in Christ. And this is the secret. What? What's the secret? Christ lives in you. Wow. The fullness of God lives in Christ. And where is Christ? The fullness of God lives in Christ. And where is Christ? The fullness of God lives in Christ. And where is Christ? In me. Wow. Shouldn't that set us free? Totally from every depression. Shouldn't that set us free from every anxiety and every worry? Shouldn't that set us free from every Attack and deliverance. Shouldn't that set us free? Shouldn't that really? Really, shouldn't that set us free? 
as Christians, Jesus Christ is the center from which our lives flow. Anything else, any other thing will lead to emptiness. The reason a lot of lives are empty today, that's why. That's why people are, lives are empty, they are just confused, they wake up today, they are excited, tomorrow their life is empty. It's simple. It's because they've not learned to make Jesus the center of their lives consistently. As Christians, when we learn the arts, and the arts because you, you, you learn how to do it, how, how to make Christ the center of your life. As we continue in this series, we're going to learn how to, by the grace of God. The center of your life, you'll find out that the fullness of God flows through you. The fullness of God flows through you. Someone um, called Lisa Withrow, Lisa, I believe, is a female, says that Christ at the center of life is the meaning of life and brings meaning to daily living. Christ, the, the center of life. Making Christ the center of life is the meaning of life. If you find out that life appears meaningless, check. All you need to do is make Christ the center of life. And it brings meaning to our daily living. In other words, I relate with my husband through Christ, the center of my life. I relate with my children through Christ, the center of my life. I relate with my colleagues through Christ, the center of my life. I relate with my world through Christ, the center of my life. And the trick of the enemy is for us to add something to Christ because he knows that dilutes and and negates the power of Jesus in our lives. So the, the trick of the enemy is, is, to, is to say to us, Jesus plus something equals not, because he knows that it will equal to nothing. But Paul is saying to the church in Colossae, he's saying to the church in Lekki, he's saying to the church in wherever you are watching over the internet, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And, you know, my mathematical brain kicks in. And I check. Jesus plus nothing. Nothing in, in, in mathematics is zero, right? Jesus plus zero equals everything. X plus zero is ten. So what is X? Come on. Ah, uh-uh, it's not hard now. <laughs> X plus zero equals ten. What is X? Ten. Oh, so people say, hey, it's 10 of you. <laughs> now, Jesus plus zero equals everything. So Jesus is everything. Jesus is all. Jesus is all. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. Jesus is all. Let's talk to God about what we have heard. Let's talk to God about what we have heard. When we are talking to God about what you have heard, you may be here and, and, and you are saying to me, but pastor, I need to come to, to the cross. I need to come to the table as you have described. I need to accept this sacrifice of Jesus in my life. You may have been coming to church, but you know that you don't stand before God blameless. He says, Pastor, I want to stand before God blameless through the sacrifice of Jesus. 
I want to pray with you wherever you are. I don't need you to come forward. Wherever you are seated, I want to pray with you. Wherever you are seated. Pastor, that is me. I want to stand blameless before the throne of God. I want to walk free of, 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 of care. I want Christ in me, the hope of glory. Put up your hand wherever you are, over your head. Quickly. God bless you. If I put up your hand well, that is me. That is me. Pastor, please pray with me. Pray with me. I need Christ. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you right there. God bless you. Right there. God bless you. That is me. That is me. Put up the hand boldly. Once you have the card, it's okay. You can put down that hand. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. Once you have the card, you can put down your hand and, and invite him. Invite him. He has promised. He has promised to come to all that invite him. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, come into my life. Any other person? That is me. Put up their hand boldly. I want to stand blameless before the throne of God. I want to stand blameless. That is me. Put up that hand and join these wonderful people. God bless you. Put up that hand. Put, up, put it up well. The rest of us, I want us to just say to God, these things that is, is, is struggling with me for making Christ the center of my life. Father, take it out of my life. Help me to make Christ the center of my life. Let's, let's just talk to God. Take a few moments and just talk to God. That Christ will consistently be the center of my life. Father, I pray for everyone that has surrendered to you, Lord Jesus. I ask that you cleanse them totally in your blood according to your word. And, and, and release your presence into their lives. Father, transform them according to your word. From the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Lord, we give you praise and glory. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Praise the name of the Lord.